are listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. John, how you doing? Um, okay. A little <laughs> crack rib pain. <laughs> okay. Family sick. Yeah, I got a, got one down with the flu. And I, I actually had to work today, but uh, somehow we managed to squeeze in some time to come in here and talk about some odd news. So yeah, this, I appreciate you making some time. The stars aligned, and we were able to get in here. <laughs> Which is for the listeners. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, really. we're doing this for you. Yeah, I mean, although we've both, you've worked, <laughs> I've worked a lot, didn't get a day off this week other than today, and um, we're, we're sacrificing ourselves and our time to, to bring a quality podcast quality may be an overstatement quality ish yeah i'm not prepared like i usually am <laughs> yeah. or should be i don't think either one of us are prepared so who <laughs> knows? we're gonna do our best yeah, who knows what's gonna happen so bear with us <laughs> well uh i got this first story uh this is south african lions eat poacher leaving just his head there you go man you know that's horrifying. In a I don't. Way. I don't want to sound unsympathetic, right. but you know, part of me is like, you know, hey, you play stupid games, you win stupid that's prizes. Right. You well, know? Uh, as John Lennon said, instant karma is going to get you. You know, <laughs> it got this guy. <laughs> a suspected big cat poacher has been eaten by lions near the Kruger National Park in South Africa. Police say the animal left behind little, but some body parts were found over the weekend at a game park in Hodesprout. <laughs> it seems the victim was poaching in the game park when he was attacked and eaten by lions. Limpopo police spokesman Mochi Nagopo said that he heard the AFP. Yikes. You I really should have prepared better. <laughs> I feel like you did way better than I could if I had prepared. Well, thank you, sir. They ate his body, nearly all of it, and left just his head and some remains. Police have not yet established the victim's identity. A loaded hunting rifle and ammunition were found next to the body. South African website Eyewitness News reports. Uh, lion poaching has been on the rise in Limpopo province in recent years. The big cat's body parts are sometimes used in traditional medicine, both within Africa and beyond. The Born Free Foundation says lion bones and other body parts are increasingly sought after in Southeast Asia, where they are sometimes used as a substitute for tiger bones. Huh. So, and that, you know, there's kind of a, a larger story here that when I read that, I thought, well, what are they doing with the tiger bones? Apparently, oh yeah, I come to learn that is a huge industry. Yeah, they, uh, people grinding up, you know, oh, yeah. the bones and making medicine for people and they stuff. They do you know, like rhinoceros horns. Basically, yeah. <clears throat> what I've learned about our Asian friends is <laughs> if there's an endangered animal, they want, they want it for its medicinal benefit, <laughs> right. whatever that may be. I know rhino horns are like for, uh, Fertility or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like uh, I could use some of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I could snort some rhino horn or whatever <laughs> it is. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize you could just sub out lion and tiger, though. You know, like well, I think that may be a telltale sign that it don't really work. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Maybe they're just similar enough, like uh, you know, original recipe and extra crispy at KFC. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 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 it it'll work either way. I don't know, but. I'm a original recipe man, by the way. I'm not an extra crispy guy. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Sad people are just poaching lions. Like, I mean, that's a majestic animal, and I'm all for people hunting. I'm not. A, I'm not for big game hunting. Mm-hmm. I realize that that industry helps 
you know, fund some of these wildlife preserves and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I understand there's a practical side between people doing it. I just always hate to see some dude like holding up a lion he killed over there. You're like, man. <laughs> well, I remember here a while back there was a, a black rhino hunt that was auctioned off and it yeah. drew a lot of controversy. But it wasn't just any black rhino. This was a particular one that they were going after that was old. He didn't mate yeah. anymore. And he was killing a lot of the young rhinos right. because, you know, they have a different attitude yeah. towards well, mating than humans do they you do. know they kill their sexual rivals yeah right yeah and he was the one they were going after some humans you know? yeah and, I, then, and then of course all the money that's true <laughs> and then of course all the money that they made off auctioning that hunt off you know went to fund further right you know habitat and you know conservation efforts right. well and we've learned in alabama like if you can make people you know, get into, because, you know, our deer population with Decima, pretty much there were no deer mm-hmm. after the Depression here in Alabama. And mm-hmm. uh, we learned how to regulate that, get people to pay, you know, through permits or whatever to help, you know, buy land and increase funding and studies and all yeah. that. And now we have a really thriving deer population yeah, it sounds and an I was about to say, it sounds counterintuitive, right? but there's like so much of a tax mm-hmm. that you pay for, you know, on permits, for all this stuff. Right. That goes into helping that population. Right. So well, and then instead of like free for all, kill as many deer as you want year round, yeah. you have a have a limit and a time frame when you can do it. Same for turkey or mm-hmm. duck or whatever. So, but I mean, some dude just rolling in there shooting a line for fun and he got eight. That's I mean, that's what you get. That's <laughs> I was about to say. Because I mean, I'm not, I'm not sad about that at all. <laughs> humans are not the only ones who hunt. You no, know, it turns right. out lions hunt yes. and they ate that dude. Yeah. If you step into the Serengeti, you're <laughs> you're you're now a snack for a lion. I mean, you have to realize yeah. the same for swimming in the ocean with sharks. You know, like it's survival no longer, of the fittest. Yeah, and right. that dude in that moment was not the fittest. Yeah, you better be a quick shot. You <laughs> yeah. know, if you got your gun, you better not get it hung up trying to. <laughs> chamber around or something so huh. yeah, he got took out oh well i mean one less poacher in the world that's wrong human life is precious <laughs> and, and all life is precious in my mind so maybe i should be a little more sad but it's still kind of funny i mean to me <laughs> yeah i'll go over there maybe the lion should have took the head back and put it on his fireplace <laughs> <laughs> he's got like his picture made you, know, you always see people like standing there with a rifle by whatever yeah. they killed no. I, I, that would get so many likes if oh, that yeah. line had a Facebook yes, profile. Right. Holding him up. Again, know. that's insensitive. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, that's why you don't do this. No, that's no. why you don't do things At like least, that. You know, like people, uh, and I don't know, because I have friends from all over the, the spectrum of, um, from, you know, like really very liberal politically people, mm-hmm. very conservative. And I've had people be like, you know, people who hunt for sport are horrible and yeah and then my hunter friends are like well we we use all the animal and we eat it that's how i feed my family mm-hmm. and everything and nobody complained about it for up until just a couple hundred years yeah, ago right yes <laughs> i know yeah used to that was just normal you, <laughs> right. that's how you lived and yeah. uh but now i prefer because i'm not really a hunter i it makes me feel more powerful to have other people kill my food for me <laughs> So, right. you know, like I go to the grocery store and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a, a pack of steaks. And <laughs> let me get some uh, pork chops over here. But 
you know, usually I'm sure that line said the same thing. My hunter friends are like, it's like if his his liberal line line buddies were like, you shouldn't kill people. He's like, hey, me and my family ate on this all night long. Okay, I love the idea of like liberal lions, <laughs> shame, right. uh, you know, shaming, shaming the conservative line who ate the poacher. <laughs> Like the lion How that, dare you? The lion that's got him's got like a "Make Africa Great Again" hat on. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all his buddies, like you know, yeah. What's the What's the zebra from the Madagascar oh, movies? Yeah. Like he's like ragging on him, yeah. like that's so primitive. I can't believe you do that. I can't believe you still eat people. <laughs> Backwood, uneducated lions from the Serengeti. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really great. I would say to everybody out there, if if you're if you look at your Facebook feed and you only have like one side of the political spectrum on there, you're really missing out on a lot of fun, you know. Because I internally make fun of everyone. I don't always do it on Facebook, but that's what I spend most of my time doing is in my mind making fun of people for whatever opinion they have. Even if I agree with it, I'll still make fun of you. Well, I admit, I mean, I know there's a lot of it, but uh, to all my friends out there, if if a political post pops up in my timeline, I typically hide it. I'm just... I try to keep mine as as apolitical yeah. as possible. I, I, I did for a while, like right after the election, I kind of hid everything. Yeah. I just couldn't take it anymore. I We're so got, polarized now. Yeah, you're either Trump is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, and it's and America made the best decision, or you know, you're you racist, people, you're sexist, racist, you're horrible. Yeah. Right. What about the people in the middle? Like no, like me, I'm like, you know, I don't I'm, think I'm Trump's the greatest guy, but we're, I tell you what, we don't have uh we don't have someone leading the country like this guy right here <laughs> we're right. fixing to talk about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thai Prime Minister Pray Youth Chen Ocha's pop song Diamond Heart flops on YouTube. Oh man. This dude is hilarious. <laughs> we uh I've been waiting for him. We had a story like earlier that we just didn't get to. Right. This guy, he uh there was a military coup. Back in 2014, I believe. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, he was installed as uh, prime as the prime minister of Thailand. He has promised elections, but every time they come up, they get yeah, know, postponed. They get pushed back. Right. And um, he's not the most popular guy over there, but he has done some bizarre things. Yeah. I mean, you know, Trump's done some bizarre things, but this <laughs> he hadn't dude released the pop song <laughs> yet. Mean, he was going to a press. What am I trying to say? Uh, oh, uh, a press, press conference. Press conference. Yes. He was doing a press conference, and he just straight up walked out <laughs> and set up a cardboard stand <laughs> tee of him yes. and said, address all your questions to this guy, and turned around and walked out like, peace out. You know, I'm not talking to you people. Yeah. He has thrown a banana peel at mm-hmm. uh, one journalist and threatened to execute anyone who uh, who criticizes his administration. Here recently, this was uh, the day before Valentine's, he released a pop song mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I have a little bit of uh, audio right here. Okay, let's check it out. I'm digging it. Yeah, not bad. says here the song released just before Valentine's Day. It has so far received uh, 2,000 likes. So that's impressive. I mean, our podcast doesn't have that many likes. But uh, over 40,000 dislikes on YouTube. Um, oh, this is pretty good. 
<laughs> Titled Diamond Heart, the song written by Mr. Prey Youth was sung by a loyal Thai army officer, according to the local media. The introduction to the YouTube post says the song was written for the Thai people, so this is like his love song to them, to encourage them to sacrifice for the nation, i.e. his pocketbook. The passionate lyrics speak of overcoming troubles and resilience. The lyrics include, Did you know your smile is my happiness? And no matter how tired and difficult, let's hold hands. I've said both of those things to my wife. (laughs) So, um... This is basically his uh oh, his little love song. <laughs> yeah. This is his love song to the people. He uh This also isn't the first time he's done this. When they first uh, the military coup when it first took over Thailand, there was a song that oh, he yeah? released. Yeah, talking about uh what was it? It was called Return Happiness to Thailand, which was the theme, which is the current theme song for his National Council for Peace and Order. And it was played repeatedly on Thai radio after he took power. So, I feel like this dude, he, uh, you know, maybe maybe being a, the dictator of Thailand, maybe that's really not... Maybe he needs to quit yeah. and be a songwriter. Is there not like a... Uh uh, like a American or like a Thailand idol, you know, he could go on. Or uh, I don't know, but uh, a Thai's got talent, you know. Uh, well, I, I, I assure you, if there was, he would win. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's a catchy song. I don't think it was horrible. But I mean, if you're a dictator, well, I, I don't know. If dictator's the right word. You definitely are. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's like throwing people out of helicopters like Pinochet or anything, right. but. Uh, but uh, he. But if he was, we'd never know about right, it. So. True, true. He may write a song about it. I, I, I promise you this: I wouldn't be speaking the way I am if I was in Thailand. Right, yeah. <laughs> now you want to keep that down home. Right. Diamond Heart is an interesting name, but you know, I mean, diamonds well, it's are valuable. The, it's the hardest stuff yeah, on no, planet Earth. So thinking, maybe like, it should have been hard, like heart. Stony Heart. <laughs> really hard, hard heart. heart. But, I mean, it's good to see that. You know, ruling a nation, you have time to write lyrics and cut a song and release it. So, you know, maybe we don't have it so bad over here. (laughs) It could always be worse. I'll say that. I'm waiting for Trump to release a single. (laughs) You know, he did write that tweet. If he did, it would be huge. Yeah. It would be the best song ever. The best one. The best. The the best best song. I don't remember what it was. Jay-Z. And then Trump wrote this tweet, and I don't remember the exact words of it, but like if you read it in like a meter, it made like a rap verse. <laughs> I remember that, you know. And I don't. It was like somebody, you know, like somebody, please tell Jay Z, Jay Z, that my because of my policies, yeah, like black, black unemployment <laughs> is down to the lowest point in history, yeah, something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, it really. I was like, because I'm, I'm kind of like you, uh, Trump. He's, he's got really things I really hate about him, things I really like about him. And I was just like, man, this dude, I, he's like a troll <laughs> genius, yeah. you know? I mean, really, his use of Twitter, should every politician will study this for That's all true. of history. You know, whether you like him or not, the what he's done with that is he controls narratives, he sets the whole media talking agenda, he refutes whatever he wants, so he communicates directly with his supporters yeah, that with way. with his base. Yeah, it's brilliant. <clears throat> But when he wrote that, I was just like, I sat back for a moment, and I was like, 
hey, you know, I'm kind of proud of our president, you know? Like, <laughs> I, that's something I would do if I were president, yeah. which is probably why I shouldn't be president and maybe a commentary on Trump. But uh, Also, for, for better or worse, I think he has opened, probably for the worse, I think he has opened the door to, like, the bar to who can be president has yeah. now been set, oh, yeah. like, way yes. way down right. low. So right. now we're talking about Oprah Winfrey running for president. <laughs> yes. We're going we're gonna to see Which, some really hilarious elections moving forward, right. I think. Really, uh, you know, people were all against uh, TV stars being president when Donald Trump was running, but as soon as Oprah came out, you know, everybody yeah. who hated TV stars being president were like, oh, Which yeah. Ronald Reagan, he oh, was yeah. a movie. Yeah, he, he was, was an a actor. Star. Yeah. yeah, He, like, starred in movies with monkeys, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, uh, but he was, you know, he was a movie star. Of course, he was a governor before he became president. Right. So. Pretty, pretty no-nonsense governor, too. I've seen a few clips of him talking, and he was kind of like a... Like, not as fun as you would think he is, you know, because all the stories I heard growing up, I was pretty young when he was president. It's like, he loves jelly beans and all mm-hmm. that. And of course, he did get shot, you know. But uh, speaking I guess of, I say all that to say uh, I, I'm voting for Joe Rogan in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until I throw my hat in the ring first. <laughs> okay. I could never, I could not, if. If I were to announce my presidency, there would be so many stories come out from my past. I, I couldn't put my mom through that. You know? Right? I, it would it would crush her. You know. So there's no that. I'll never ever be president. And gotcha. People will flippantly say every once in a while, "Oh, you should run for president." I'm like, no, no, I can't. Y'all don't know. I, there because is, you care about your family, yeah, right? I'm not gonna let all that stuff out. I buried that's old John. I put that behind <laughs> me, and none of that's coming out. So we don't need any stories of any of my debauchery. Uh, but speaking of uh, like Reagan got shot, uh, we had a, <laughs> uh, a teen here. This is from the JournalStar.com, uh, the Lincoln Journal Star. Um, a sheriff says teen was shot in the buttocks while friends were testing out flak jacket near Lincoln. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and this is stuff like this is why I couldn't run for president. Right. <laughs> a nineteen-year-old man who wanted to test out a flak jacket Saturday afternoon suffered a non-life-threatening gunshot wound when his friend missed his target. In a cabin in northwestern Lancaster. So they were in a cabin. They weren't even, like, outside. Yeah, no, they're indoors. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you're a teenager, you lose all ability to think about anything in a reasonable manner. I've, I've, I've been there. I know. And uh, and it takes sometimes decades to get that back, you know. <laughs> um, they believe the shooting took place in a cabin north of Malcolm near uh, 112th Street and West Mill Road, for those of you who know where that is. Right. Uh, during the investigation, they found the 19-year-old victim and his two friends had shot the Vietnam War-era flak jacket several times. <laughs> uh, the jacket, which was a precursor to like a, a what we would call yeah, a bulletproof Yeah, it wasn't bulletproof. Vest. It right. was a flak. It was designed to catch shrapnel, yeah, if right. I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and it successfully stopped the rounds. They decided to try it on a purse. <laughs> hey, y'all. Because why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, more proof that rednecks exist outside of the South. Um, the 19-year-old victim put a pillow under the back of the vest to absorb the shock. But the shooter, also who was also 19, missed the vest, the sheriff said. Um, so, And the victim was struck uh, right smack in the buttocks. Oh, no. Uh, Investigators believe those involved had been drinking alcohol before they shocking that they the shooting occurred. 
and it remains under vest- investigation to determine whether there were any criminal violations. So he didn't. They were testing at the flak jacket, but then he didn't even hit it. Yeah, he right. shot him in the butt. Shot him right in the butt. <laughs> the flak, as the name implies, the jacket would cover the torso area. Right. Yeah, and uh, he aimed a little low. <laughs> or he's been drinking. He may have been seeing two of it. You know, or maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe so. Who knows? <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, you. I'll show you a butthole. <laughs> no, that's wrong. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you know, these guys were not following the four rules of gun safety. No. Whether you hate guns or whether you love guns or whatever side of the spectrum you're on, yes. there's four simple rules mm-hmm. that you should always follow. And they are, you always treat a gun like it's loaded, yes. no matter what. You never point the gun at something you don't want to shoot, whether that be your TV, your pickup truck, or your 16-year-old friend that's been (laughs) drinking in the cabin. You don't point a gun at what you don't want to shoot. Number three, you keep your finger off the trigger until Mm -hmm. you are ready to shoot because there's been a lot of times somebody tripped and because they had that finger in that trigger guard that the gun went off. That's right. And number four, you always, always, always make sure of a safe background. You don't shoot at something. Know your target and what's beyond. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. And I think they broke all four. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They have not had proper gun training for sure. But you would think common sense would come in, but 19-year-olds drinking don't have a lot of common sense. 19-year-olds sober don't have a lot of common that's true. sense. But if you had in a little mix in a little drink with it, then uh, that's how you end up shooting your buddy in the butt. Yeah. Which years from now will be a great story for them to tell. <laughs> you know, like at the high school reunion or whatever, and they get back together and haven't seen each other in a long time. Remember like, that hey. time so-and-so shot yeah. Chad? Yeah, right. <laughs> shot him right in the butt, you know, and they all laugh about it. You know, because nobody died or anything. Pull down your pants and show us the scar, yeah. Chad. But that's an awkward call for the police to have to make to your parents, oh, you know. Man. Like, hey, Mr. Mrs. Johnson, uh, your son here, he had a gunshot wound. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, no, nah, it's okay. It's right in the butt. And uh, it appears he was trying. I would be like, I am so sorry, yeah. but your teen has been shot. <laughs> in the butt! <laughs> <laughs> that would be how I told the parents. <laughs> But, you know, uh, the, on the upside, 19 is a pretty good age to figure out that you're an idiot. You know, like if <laughs> right. you hadn't figured it out already, 19 is a pretty good age to get it get it nailed down. Uh, well, moving on. Next article, Michigan Pizzeria breaks the record for largest delivery pizza. All right. This is a really cool story. This happened on day after Valentine's Day. A, a Michigan pizzeria aimed to break the Guinness World Record for largest delivery pizza by cooking a 72-inch pie. Wow. 72. 72 inches. Uh, Steve Malley, the owner of Malley Sports Bar and Grill in Southgate, led a team Wednesday in constructing the massive pizza and cooking it in the same oven that he used to cook a Guinness World Record-breaking 1,796-pound hamburger last summer. So this dude is just like on a massive food tear. right. You know? So it's uh, a six foot pizza. That's a big oven. Yeah, I mean, that's a major oven. I, I, I watched a YouTube video of him taking the pizza out, and it looks like he got half of a storage container or something like that. Yeah. And he's got these like propane torches in it, and you shut the door. Huh? It's it's really something. Hmm. I wonder how you got that past the old health department. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They're pretty rough. Just hey, from I, experience. I'll say this: it's got some uh, it's got some nice looking graffiti art on the side too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mally said that his pizza which was donated to the Southgate Police and Fire Departments. So that's really cool, really cool of them to do. 
successfully bested the current Guinness record holder of a 54-inch pizza. Oh, that dude's lame. <laughs> the owner said he decided on a 72-inch pizza because that's the size of a pizza that would fit through, you know, double-door you know, yeah, buildings. Right, you, know, yeah. you go much larger than that, and it starts kind of yeah. getting a handle you to, have to fold get it, up it a to where bit. it's got to yeah. be a picnic. Yeah. You know, anything right. more than that. <laughs> it got to be outdoors. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely going to have to take the center support out of those double doors, you know. <laughs> That's true. The hardest part is moving it, he told the Southgate News Herald. Malley said the pizza is now available on his restaurant's menu for a starting price of $300. Oh, goodness. With That's a, actually a deal. I was about to say, yeah. with, now there's an additional $50 charge for extra cheese or meat toppings and then $35 for vegetable toppings. So mm. it would have to probably be like a... Pepperoni at, and extra cheese yeah. if I was getting one. You're going to tax tip and everything. You're probably going to get out there about $500 for it. But the good news is uh, delivery is free within a five-mile radius. All right. So if you're... And let me just say as a former delivery driver, if they say delivery is free, go ahead and tip the driver anyways, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could tell you stories of getting stiffed on deliveries. <laughs> I mean, we could sit here. We could have at least 35 podcast episodes <laughs> on me just talking about times I've been stiffed. Like rude customers. <laughs> the work. All right. The best tippers in the world, college kids who are stoned, they will tip you. Spending their great. parents' money. Yeah, because they don't care. <laughs> all right. Worst tippers that in my experience were professional ladies who worked in an office setting. They won't tip you for nothing. You know? <laughs> really? Yeah, and you're like, hey, your purse costs more than I will make in <laughs> this month. You know, all, all I'm asking for is a couple of bucks because I drove over here with my right. own gas and my own car. Nothing, nothing. Because <laughs> that was our thing is, oh, free delivery. And I guess everybody thought, well. That means you don't have to tip. Yeah, you don't have to tip. So, yeah. Mm. I have a list. I still do of people. <laughs> Because I had planned, like, whenever I get out of this business, I'm going to sit down on my hand right. I got their addresses, you know. I mean, I went to their house. You know, that would make a great YouTube video. Handwrite them all a note and just explain, like, hey, maybe you don't understand how the system works. So I'm just going to explain it to you and tell you that, you know, I drove over there and I had a quarter tank of gas. And now I've had less gas from that. I'm making, you know, minimum wage. (laughs) And you couldn't drop a couple extra bucks in my hand, you know? And I, Well, when you do that, I will follow you around with a video camera. Okay. And you can find that I video just, at, or on YouTube at our yes. channel, Earth Oddity. And I, I will say, <laughs> in 16 years in the restaurant business, I never saw anyone mess with anybody's food ever. All That's right? good. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nobody. Well, I mean, one time I did put some extra onion, like too many onions on this dude's sandwich to be mean because right. it's really mean to me. But, I mean, not like... Well, that would have worked on me because I love onions. Yeah, right. I would have been, like, awesome. Well, he was actually eating in the store. He was on a date with a girl. And Uh-oh. he was, like, really, like, all, like, talking down to me. So I was like, I'm about to kick your breath up, you know. <laughs> Go in and try to get a kiss after this sandwich. Uh, but I've never saw anybody, like, spit on anything or, like, drop anything on the floor and give it to anybody. Never you were like, saw this that. is going to be the best sandwich right. you've ever eaten, but, but this is going to be say, the boring end to your yeah. date. I will say, if you are a serial non-tipping customer, there's there's a couple things you need to understand. Number one, you're getting your food last when the driver goes out on the run. He's not coming to you first. You're not going to tip him anyway. So right. you're getting your food last. All right. Number two, that driver is alone in his car with your food. I don't know what goes on, but he is alone with your food in that car. And he can do whatever he wants to with it. There's no security cameras. Nobody's riding along with him. 
He can do whatever. And I don't know if any of that has ever happened. I never witnessed anything, never heard any stories from my place about it. But I do know the people who work in the restaurant industry really well. And if you're not tipping, you just should be aware. That's all I'm saying. You should just be tipping. Yeah, yeah. you should just go ahead and kick in a couple of dollars, all right? If you can't pay for a tip, then don't get it delivered. Go pick it up. I'm well, sorry. Sorry, man. That's an issue that's I will passionate. Say this. I'm passionate about. And my grandmother, I, I, I'm glad she doesn't know how to download podcasts <laughs> if she'll never hear this. But um, I kind of don't like to go out and eat with her because oh, yeah. she's a bad tipper. And oh, I'm yeah. always scared to death that my food is going to get yeah. messed with. Yeah. Well, anyway, what you just got to go to you got to go to new places with her, you know. Like, <laughs> hey, true. hey, Nana, let's go here where you've never been before. Let's not go to the place you go all the time. And, and you, you know, she wants to pick up the check, so you take the credit yeah. card, but you just use yours. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah, because she don't know how to check her balance online. <laughs> right. Anyways, I got you. Right. Hey, get get some out for me while yes. you're at it. <laughs> Continuing on the pizza and delivery uh, theme, uh, a lawyer in Dorman presses charges against unwanted pizza. <laughs> uh, pizzas, that's plural. Guido Grohl was named by a local newspaper, Ruhr Nachenstein, um, <laughs> as the lawyer being sent the food. The range of which is extended beyond pizzas to sushi, sausage, and Greek delicacies. So basically, someone, and we don't know who, is ordering this dude's delivery to this guy's address, you know? Man. Like, you know, maybe in college you would order a pizza and give, like, the guy downstairs a dress because you knew he wasn't there, and then mm-hmm. the guy would show up. And you'd stand and you'd outside sneak and like, around back and get all the pizzas out of the yeah, back of the car. Well, you would just be like, hey, he's not there. Oh, well, I'll give you five bucks for it, you know. <laughs> and he's like, okay, let me call my boss. And so you get a $5 pizza delivered instead of paying 15 I'm not saying – I'm That's people, terrible. Don't do that. People have done that before, okay. But, but those who did it did tip the driver anyways because you're getting a $5 pizza. Uh, but the guy doesn't have to pay for the food and because he, he didn't order it, so the liability lies with the supplier. But he complained, it's so irritating, I don't even get my work done anymore. And he has no idea who's sending him the deliveries. But think of all the money you're saving on groceries. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> for real, I would... I would just be like, okay, you know, give me, bring me the food. You know, when I fine. read this article, there was a term in there that I had never heard of before called pizza stalking. Yes, well, and that's what the police have opened a pizza stalking investigation. <laughs> I want a pizza stalker so bad. Yes, so uh, a similar case was reported last year in the northern English town of Blackpool, where our pizzas, curries, and kebabs were delivered at all times of the day and the night without being ordered by the family. Um, and says Mother Vicky Rice said it's constant, constant, constant. Even our dog <laughs> has anxiety, which how do, I don't know. How does a dog get anxiety? What do they worry about? I guess the doorbell. Just barking, people, bark, yeah, barking, barking, barking at the door constantly. So anyways, it's apparently a crime to pizza stalk someone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's this guy has received more than 100 unwanted pizzas via different suppliers. Huh. And the daily deliveries. So it's cons- never the same pizza place, right? Because I guess sometimes they get they catch on after. That's what a while. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, like after a couple of this guy calling back my restaurant, when I would get an order for that address, I would just call him up and be like, "Hey, what was your name? Grohl? Grohl? <laughs> what was it? He had a funny name. Oh, Guido. Guido. Uh, hey, Guido, did you order? You know the extra cheese? You know extra meat? And he'd be like, "No, I didn't." I'm like, okay, man, I'm not making it. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to have a dude who would call our restaurant and use the uh, deaf 
mute per, uh, like system over the phone. Yeah. Like an operator, he, he like types it in, an operator has to read it to you. Huh. And he would try to order like $500 worth of food all the time for like, you know, the deaf mute camp. Oh, okay. Or, you know, but it was just some dude playing around. Oh, so no. I would always say, well, you know, call back the day of to confirm and we'll get your payment. Mm-hmm. And they would never call back. Of course. So, well, I mean, people mess with restaurants all the time, but that's clearly someone who's got it <laughs> out for him. But the thing is, is, I mean, they have to pay for these pizzas, right? I mean, this guy's not paying. Yeah. No, the supplier has to. You know, the restaurant is out the cost of the pizza. Which, I mean, this is a U.K. story, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I know around here, if you want your pizza delivered, well, I guess you... No, yeah, no. you can You can, have, yeah, you can pay at the, the door. Yeah, right. you're right. You're yeah. right. I was thinking, no. Okay. Yeah. It's huh. really... Interesting. It's really a big... Uh, if it, When it works, it's like really a beautiful thing because the restaurant's trusting you right. to be there and to pay and everything else. And there's which, a business relationship yeah, there. right. Yeah. And we're bringing food to your home, which, as a comedian said one time, when you order delivery, it's basically saying, I like your restaurant, just not enough to come to it. <laughs> right. you know? And I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, there's a lot of places I like to eat that are just like that. Yeah, so. Right, yes. <laughs> I like it, just not enough to get up and actually go and sit down right. and place an order. So. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy if he can't get any work done because he's answering his door all day long. And he's like, God, not another pizza. Right. No. Like he's the only person that's mad about a pizza showing up at his door. Well, if somebody could, if I could get the if someone could pay for the pizza and send yeah. it to my house, I would yeah, be, no, I'd I'd be, be pretty, that. yeah, pretty cool with that. Yeah, but if you just happen to be hungry and they're doing it, you know, like every 50th pizza, you're just like, yeah, I'll buy this one from you guys. You probably know the guy, the delivery guys by name. You're like, hey, Bob, yeah, I'll take this one. And you're like, no, Bob, I didn't get it. <laughs> right. Well, this next story is bizarre. Skier lost in New York doesn't know how he got to California. Wow. This is a bizarre it story. Is. Are you ready to jump into the weird? I am. Here we go. Will you, will. Wilmington, New York, can't even make it out of the gate. <laughs> Police on Wednesday were trying to piece together how a 49-year-old skier whose disappearance sparked a massive search on a snowy New York mountainside ended up six days later in California confused and still wearing his ski clothes. Hmm. Toronto firefighter Constantinos Philippides told investigators he doesn't know what happened after he was reported missing Wednesday, February 7th from Whiteface Mountain during an annual ski trip with colleagues. The search ended Tuesday when Felipides turned up in Sacramento, California, 2,500 miles west of the Ariondex. Hmm. So this guy goes on a skiing trip. He goes missing on the skiing trip. Everyone's looking for him. He pops up six days later in Sacramento, California, on the yeah. other side of the country. Right. Doesn't know how he got there. Hmm. And he's wearing... He's still wearing his ski clothes. Okay. Somehow he got down off the mountain and made his way, way all the way to California. Wow, that's a heck of a ski run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this point, we want to assist Danny, that's his nickname, in getting back the last six days of his life, said New York State Police Maj John Tibitz. Felipe's was headed back to the Lake Placid, New York area on Wednesday. He said the firefighter had agreed to be interviewed by state police but he was not aware that he broke any laws. Yeah. Frank Rama, I'm not even going to try Ooh, yeah. that. President, <laughs> President of the Toronto Professional Firefighters Association told reporters at a news conference Tuesday evening that he appeared to be confused and was unable to give direct answers. Police on Wednesday were trying to piece together how a 49-year-old skier whose disappearance sparked a massive search ended six days later in California. 
he phoned his wife and he called her by a mm. nickname. So she quickly recognized his voice and knew it was him. But then they lost contact. So he contacted her again and she told him to just call 911 and get help. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably need to be your first call. He says that he doesn't remember much. He remembers being in a big rig style truck for a while and says that he slept a lot. Okay. And then when he got to Sacramento, he purchased an iPhone to call his wife. So he still had his cash. Yeah. So or his wallet at least. Yeah, I guess. I got a couple of different theories. This is just bizarre. Yeah. Number one, either they were going to get his kidney. You know, like somebody's going to sell his kidney right. or something that needed him. And he managed to get loose. Or he was going to leave his wife, you know. <laughs> and, and then chickened out. Then he chickened out. Well, he got to California or maybe like the girl he'd been talking to on the internet. You know, he can get <laughs> south of California and she's like ugly or something. Yeah. And he's just like, I got I got to call my wife. So, uh, those are my two theories. <laughs> what about aliens? Could be aliens. <laughs> and, definitely could and be. And the... the, the the big rig style truck is a false memory that the yeah, aliens put right. there. They implanted that into <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, Unless, what and somehow the, these beings that are advanced enough to come through space and get to Earth, <laughs> they didn't know the difference between New York and Sacramento, right. so they just took their best shot. Well, uh, <laughs> what if I've never been abducted by aliens, but what if the interior of all <laughs> spaceships look like the interior yes. of a big rig? Yes. Like, like a sleeper in the back. In the and mud flaps with mud, like the dancing yes. girls on them. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that we just cracked the case. He yeah. was abducted. But yeah. That joke's a bit over the top. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dang, that's hilarious. Over the top. That whole premise of a movie. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the fact that that guy made, can you imagine going into like the movie office and going, all right, uh, here's my idea, Um, Mr. Movie Producer. I'm going to (laughs) need somewhere between five and ten million dollars to make a movie about an arm wrestling truck driver (laughs) who arm wrestles for custody of his child, basically. (laughs) And there's like a bad guy and. But here's the thing, like when he gets fired up, he turns his hat around backwards, and that's like huge. That's his switch. Yeah, that's his switch. When he flips that switch, it's <laughs> over the top. You know, like, if I was sitting on the other side of the desk, I would be like, "Get out of my office." There's no way. No, and I'm thinking, let's get let's get Sylvester Stallone to do it. Let's let's get him to play in it. You know, you're like that's the biggest star in the world. He's not gonna do some stupid arm wrestling movie. Well, I tell you what. However it happened, I'm glad that movie got yeah. made. Oh yeah, that's a classic. I haven't know? watched it in a while. I I need to go. It probably since 1989. Yeah, I need to go look that up. Yeah. Because that is a great movie. It is. It is. (laughs) All right. So, another bizarre story Um, a Menard shoplifter escapes with a feces attack. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Menards is a grocery store chain, if you didn't know. This is from the IndyStar.com, the Indianapolis Star. This is from online, the Indianapolis Star. Indianapolis Metropolitan Police are searching for a woman who escaped a shoplifting lifting incident Tuesday using her own feces at a Menards on the city's east side. <laughs> Police were dispatched around noon to the Menards, and uh, they uh, show up, and wit- they had wit- uh, witnessed a woman remove a video camera from its packaging and place it in her personal bag. According to police, the loss prevention officer uh, stated when he tried to stop the woman from leaving the store, she reached behind her, 
and dug in her pants and pulled out a handful of feces and threw it at him, (laughs) striking him on his chest. Uh, She immediately ran out the door and escaped, and the stolen camera was eventually recovered. Police have reviewed security camera footage, but the woman remains unidentified. So she got away. Yes. It worked. This story was written by Chris Sims, who is probably not the offensive coordinator that Alabama had, former Texas quarterback, but could be. I hadn't heard anything out of him. Oh, man. But that's horrible. She, all right, you know, stealing's wrong and all. I feel like the poop attack is a good way if you're going to do it. But she had one loaded in the barrel, you know? Yes. (laughs) Like she either to go. she knew what she that was her plan, you know, <laughs> or he scared the poop out of her, you know, yeah. when she knew she was going to get caught. And then she was like, "Wait, I can use this." Yeah, right. Yeah, so let me just reach, dig it on out, and throw it. I will say, she's lucky that this was a you know a loss prevention officer yeah. or whatever, and not a cop, because yeah. if you start reaching into your waistband, yeah, you're dead. That's you know yeah. that's probable cause. You oh, can yeah. get shot for yeah. that. They'll, they'll shoot you for a lot less. Yeah, that, that's know? true, and that's fine. I'm cool. You know, don't I don't want any shooting <laughs> of me, so I keep my hands always in plain view, visible around any officer, even <laughs> if they're off duty and we're just at McDonald's at the same time. <laughs> right. My hands are always out in the open. Thank <laughs> God, don't get me confused with anybody. But. Yeah, don't. I, I don't know. I, I feel like she went in there with some loaded drawers. You know, <laughs> I think that's probably what happened. Is she went in there and was like, "Now, nah, this is my backup plan. If I don't make it out, is I'm I'm flinging poo, monkey that is style. Wild. <laughs> I'd say that's primitive. <laughs> the monkey style. We went to a zoo one time, <laughs> and they were slinging poop at each other. It was on a field trip." <laughs> With Thomas, we went to Mizzou in Montgomery. Yeah. And I don't think he realized what they were doing, but they were just, they were like, pop it out in her hand and throw <laughs> it with such velocity, you know? You're yeah. like, man, that would be hard to hit with a baseball bat, you know? Because I mean, like, they were throwing it really fast. So, well, I remember, you know, I'm from the South and I grew up a redneck. Sure. So, you know, this wouldn't have been like the first poop fight I've witnessed. <laughs> but when I was a kid, when the poop came out, I was done. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. whatever the fight was about, mm. I'd let them have yeah, it. Right. You know, that, that was time for me to go home that's when always, that happened. That's always been my plan. You know, if for some reason <laughs> I was sentenced to, you know, hard time in the big house or whatever, <laughs> yeah. is I'm just going to poop my pants at all times. <laughs> I just want to be like the crazy dude that nobody wants to get around or touch. <laughs> right. That's my plan. I've had it for because I'm small. I can't defend myself. And I feel uh, like if I'm just – you know, stinky and nasty. Everybody will leave me alone. People so. maybe come to you asking for protection. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's under poop, poops protection. Under leave poop, him alone. The mad poopers protection. <laughs> mad pooper <laughs> callback. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, for our next story, mm-hmm. I want to go about this a little bit different. Uh, are you a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I'm absolutely. Love I'm a huge fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Love since their first album on. Okay. I want you to think for a second. Your wife comes mm-hmm. in one day, and let's say it's, I don't know, a big birthday or something, and she's like, I got concert tickets for us to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. In Nashville, yeah, you know, I'd be, I'd be so pumped. Yeah, yeah. how do you feel about that? You're yeah. excited, right? Yeah, you talk. About, I would be talk about doing some laundry, dusting around the house. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. So, 
the day the big day comes and mm-hmm. y'all y'all get ready to go take oh, a yeah. flight you yeah. fly down there heck yeah and you go down there and you sit down in your seat and Ready. how are you feeling right now? I'm pumped. Got my chili pepper T-shirt on because I will wear the band <laughs> T-shirt to the band I'm yeah. seeing. Like I wear Alabama gear to Alabama football game. I'm gonna wear a chili peppers T-shirt too. And you see all these concert. roadies up on stage setting oh, yeah. up, and you know yeah, the crowd ready, is starting to chant. Out. Yeah, you know, and then you see some figures come out on oh, the yeah. stage. You no. know. Everybody's getting excited. Getting, yeah, standing up, getting into it. I'm ready to boogie down. But wait a minute, John. Something's not quite right. I don't see Anthony Kiedis. And you think to yourself, that's not Flea. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then you hear this. <laughs> and so... Those are bagpipes. Yeah. And so Deidre reaches down and she gets the tickets out of her handbag and she looks... And she sees that this is not the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is the Red Hot Chili Pipers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, headline here. Mix-up leads couple to see the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Man, they look pretty cool, though, in the picture. (laughs) Yeah. He looks like the dude from Smash Mouth. He does. He really does. Somebody once told me. (laughs) In England, recently... The Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, Duncan Robb, found bargain tickets online to see what he thought was his girlfriend's favorite band in a Belfast, Ireland show. It was oh. supposed to be a Christmas gift to her. Well, I guess it was a Christmas gift to her, right? Uh, right. Tickets came in the mail. The flights were booked. The couple was ready to go. But on Wednesday before the Saturday show, Rob's girlfriend double-checked the tickets only to find that he had not bought them passes to see the foremost purveyors of California funk rock. <laughs> Instead, the tickets were for the Red Hot Chili Pipers, a musical act self-billed as the most famous bagpipe band on the planet. Okay. <laughs> I would say Primus is the foremost purveyor of <laughs> California funk rock. I mean, if that's just me. Right, no, right. no offense to the author here. Everybody's got their own opinion. Even though it was likely no match to sing Californication or Under the Bridge Live, the couple <laughs> attended the show and enjoyed themselves. Rob described it on Twitter as an experience, seemingly impressed by the variety of songs they could play on the pipes. Yeah. The Red Hot Chili Pipers won a BBC <laughs> reality competition in 2007 <laughs> and last month played two sold-out shows in Bermuda. Aww. So, in Bermuda, is probably like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just happy anybody. Could, yeah, right. I mean, outside of the tourists, they're just happy anybody's there. Yeah. The locals are. I don't know if we could sell out, but I feel like we could do a decent show in Bermuda. Well, you know, I wonder how many people they've duped with their name, and maybe we should change our name to Brick and Rubba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe we should change our podcast to the Bro Rogan Experience. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Bro Jogan Experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know, but... I would, you know, if that were to happen to me, I would be let down because I'd really like to see the Chili Peppers. But I would still have a blast. <laughs> That's know? true. I mean, I'll have fun at something. I love live music anyway, so I would be, I would be just as happy to see some dudes play whatever on the bagpipes, but. You would just be like, man. I mean, that's a that's a great story to have for forever. <laughs> hey, honey, remember yeah. that time we flew to Ireland <laughs> to see the Red Hot Chili Pipers? Oh, you saw the yeah. pepper? No, no, not no. the peppers, pipers. the pipers. But you better believe I'm buying a T-shirt when I'm there. I'm getting a poster. <laughs> I'm getting all because I want to remember it for forever. But uh, 
You know, I mean, that's just it. Now, if your wife is mean, she's never going <laughs> to let you live it down. Right. But my Dieter would probably be totally cool with it. We would have fun in doing that. But if you're married to a mean woman, she's going to bring that up all the time. That flight back, I'd be listening to this. <laughs> Listen to it, buddy. Not bad. No, no, not bad at all. Oh, I hear the bagpipes are really difficult to play, you know, because right. like you're playing like ahead of the beat or something because mm-hmm. of the way the, the air moves through it. I, I don't know. I've heard it's it's very difficult. <laughs> um, maybe Noah from our next story can tell us about it. Um, a time traveler from 2030 passes a lie detector test over whether his future predictions are true. Um, a man who claims he's from the year 2030, so not too far. That's, saying, that's not yeah. that far. I mean, that's yeah. really not that impressive. I know. <laughs> he should have gone back further. <laughs> <laughs> and has he? Uh, he's revealed a number of predictions for the future, and he's undergone a lie detector test and passed. The self-declared time traveler who goes by the name of Noah claims he, which that means he's probably homeschooled. Most Noahs are. <laughs> Uh, claims he has risked his life to tell those living in the present what the future has in store and insists he has to remain anonymous. Among his bold claims are that Donald Trump will be reelected in 2020. So, bad news for, <laughs> for some say, people yeah. out there. Really bad news. Artificial intelligence will gain momentum, which I don't feel like that's a big prediction. I could make yeah. that prediction. And Google, In fact, I said that last week. Yes. <laughs> Google Glasses style machines will take over. Um, hmm. Noah previously told Paranormal Elite, uh, which is apparently an organization. He I has, think that's a YouTube channel. Oh, okay. It is, they're like the big, yeah, <laughs> air quotes here, the big name in, yeah. in paranormal stuff um, on YouTube. That he has anorexia and depression and is actually 50 years old but took an age-rejuvenating drug to turn him into a 25-year-old. Oh, okay. So, um, so that's coming down the pipe in, you know, what, <laughs> about another 12 years or That's whatever. something to look forward to. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm going to start eating pizza every night. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so the interviewer asked him one simple question. Are you an actual time traveler from the year 2030? And he responds, yes, and a little green header saying true appears on the video. So that's their their yeah. lie detecting that machine is just a ding. I feel a little. <laughs> uh, uh, but the results from the apparent machine testing him cannot be seen. So Shocking. Yes. But here are some of Noah's predictions. Donald Trump's going to be reelected in 2020. That's probably his most shocking, yeah. I would say. Phones are going to start getting bigger towards the year 2030. They, they're already starting yeah, That's already a trend. That's old news, Noah. Come on. <laughs> Robots that can run a home are being slowly introduced. Okay. Um, Bitcoin is being used more, but money, including pennies, are still in use. Global warming issues have increased, and North America is now hotter while Europe is colder. Which seems kind of strange to me. But. <laughs> well, it's climate change. It's yeah. not global warming. Well, I mean, but we're both like on the same, you know, parts of North America and Europe right. are on the same like you know longitude and latitude or mm-hmm. latitude lines. So right, uh, yeah. I would, but I, I, I'm not a climate guy. I don't know. Uh, humans fly to Mars in 2028. So that's coming a little bit behind schedule. Yeah. <laughs> now that's the same year that time travel is made public. So. Um, electric cars can travel at 600 miles per hour. So, 
That's uh, hmm. a lot faster than your average Prius. <laughs> yeah. um, some diseases have been cured, including some forms of cancer. All for that. That's good. And then the artificial intelligence and Google Glasses. Um, then he says he has some hard evidence to back up his predictions, but he isn't sure he can give them due to a paradox. So, mm-hmm. like, if he gives it out, I guess then the Bernstein Bears will go back to, or the Bernstein Bears will <laughs> go, go back, back to Bernstein. Yes, right. Yeah. And all the other Mandela effects. And Nelson Della would have never been elected president. He'll, <laughs> yes. he'll die in prison. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, take this for what it's worth, because like it says, the lie detector, which it appears <laughs> he's only wearing a blood pressure cuff. <laughs> I noticed that too. And I know a lie detectors do measure, you know, your blood pressure and your pulse and everything. But uh, uh, he said that in 2030, the president is uh, Ileana Rimiki, who uh, doesn't come up in any Google searches. Yeah, because so. I would kind of like to get yeah. them on the show and talk to them, yeah, right. you know? Yes. Um, and uh, we use Bitcoin, which I went over that. Anyways. Some very safe predictions, actually. Yeah, I mean, nothing really too too big from Noah here. The biggest thing, I guess, would be his health rejuvenating drug that yes. made him a 25-year-old. Yeah, right. Wait, if he's 50 years old in the year 2030, how old would he be now? Hmm. That's a lot of math, man. I went to, <laughs> I went to public school. Uh, um, 30. So that's minus was 12 years. So you're looking at 40, 38. 38. Oh, well, he's like our age. I was I mean, about to say, I'm 37. What if yeah. it's me? What, what if, if it's it, you? No, I don't think it's me. <laughs> what if it is, though? Yeah. I would love for him to you know, give us a call and maybe give us some stock tips. Right. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, that's what you need. I would do Biff, you know, Back to Future. I would be, like, so rich right now. And uh, I would know who won every, you know, major championship. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I don't – but maybe he's more honest than I am or he can't due to the paradox <laughs> or whatever, you know. Yeah. Which time travel may or may not be real, you know. Um, but if it is, I don't know. I'm, I'm not getting to time travel, at least that I'm aware of. So I don't really care, you know. If I could time travel, I think I totally would do the whole beef tannin, beef, beef tannin <laughs> thing, like go back in time and give myself a Wall Street Journal. Yeah, right, you know? yeah. Pick up the sports almanac, and then you're good. You're <laughs> yeah. set. That's all I really need to do. Yeah. I don't want to tell everybody who's going to be president or that your car is going to go 600 miles per hour. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm in this for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, it, it, it cracks me up because, again, 2030, that's only 12 years yeah, in the future. Right. That's not yeah. that. He should have gone back further. Yeah. You well, know. Yeah, you should show up like in 1980. With when us. there's no such thing as an iPhone. Yeah. And then you can be like, we're oh, gonna there's going to be iPhones. Yeah, yeah. they are going to have a phone that you can connect to everyone in the world. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If you could time travel, would you go forward or back? Uh, I would probably go. I'd probably play it safe and yeah, go back because I, I don't know too. what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. As much as I want to go to the future, yeah. What wanna, if I go to the future and like the world's been hit by an right. asteroid yeah, or something? I, I don't want to drop in the middle of something I don't need to be. In. Yeah, so yeah, I'd like yeah. to pick like a safe point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like pre Civil War, so I could show up and be like, "Hey guys, uh, <laughs> we may want to rethink some things here before we kill six hundred thousand people." Uh, let's I would go, go back in time and be Elon Musk's best friend, <laughs> like best friend he's ever had. 
Yeah, no, yeah, but we're best friends. <laughs> well, next story here. Dog running as a Republican in the Kansas governor race has been rejected. Oh, man. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> a dog's application to run in the Kansas uh, race has been rejected despite his owner insisting that he has all the qualities necessary to be a governor. I'm sure he does. <laughs> application submitted on behalf of... Angus, the wire-haired Vizsla, what kind of dog is that? I don't know. I'm not up on my dog breeds. <laughs> Suggested that the three-year-old pooch would run as a Republican, but he was turned down by Kansas Secretary of State's office, which told the AP that the dog couldn't carry out the role. Aw, gotta wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> His owner, Taryn Woolley, filed a paperwork for his beloved pet over the weekend after reading about a rule that saw six teenagers apply for that. the race yeah. because there were no guidelines stipulating a lower right. age limit for candidates. Yeah, they had like age guidelines for all other offices, but for the governor, yeah. it was wide open, so you could be and 10. So, so basically, and I think, they're well, I could, you can rest assured that this will change for the yeah. next race. Yeah. But this race, yeah, there's like six t- yeah. six teenagers under eighteen who are running for I saw one of them governor, like, and then this one dude's like, "I'm going to enter my dog." Yeah, I you saw know? one of the teenagers is like, "My platform is like legalizing pot, you know, like <laughs> party all the time." And everything. well, he could probably win. I mean, yeah, you got a good shot. <laughs> I have some audio here of Angus's uh, speech where he announced his candidacy. Oh, yeah. It's right here. Hi there. Oh yes. My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. Squirrel! <laughs> so anyway, oh, tracker. he's not done. My pack sent me on a special mission all by myself. Oh boy, oh boy, a ball! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's good that he was rejected, because yeah. he can't stay on topic too well. Nah, nah, it's be tough. I wonder if his slogan's like, uh, elect the good boy this year, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so... It also says here at the very end of the article that uh, there's no, like, there's not a whole lot of rules, and obviously we're seeing dogs and mm-hmm. teenagers enter the race. Representative Blake Carpenter he introduced a, a bill to try to change some of that. Uh, he wants the age to be 18, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you can serve in the military, yeah, you can it. vote, so yeah, you can't get a beer, but you can, <laughs> but you, you can you can be governor, yeah, you can serve in your military, yes. <laughs> He says that as of right now, inmates can run. Okay. So I'm all for that. (laughs) You know, I feel like, uh, you know. I tell you what, if you want to see reform in the prison system, elect an inmate, and then you would see Just right. They'll get all the changes they need. (laughs) And more. (laughs) Like all his buddies getting pardoned. Everybody. First day in office. We were pardoning Big Jim, old Pookie Bear, everybody. Just start them off. They've done nothing wrong. (sighs) We have, uh, let's see here, the, uh, (laughs) this is a, uh, kind of funny to me. A Chinese woman joins handbag in the x-ray machine. Uh, from the BBC, staff at the Dongguan Railway Station in southern China were shocked to find the silhouette of the train commuter on their x-ray monitors. So she was not letting her purse go through right. by herself. The uh, After climbing off the conveyor belt, the woman checked her bags and left. Um Extraordinary X-ray, X-ray images show the woman <laughs> kneeling on all fours. Which go look in the show notes. Because that is a hilarious picture. It looks like modern art, and I mean, like you can see, she's got heels on. You know, 
and uh, she's apparently, you know, on all fours around a trash heap. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, she's still got her high-heeled shoes on. It's unclear why the woman was so anxious anxious about her handbag, but many people from China carry large amounts of cash when traveling home for the Chinese New Year. Uh, the commuter had earlier placed her suitcase on the conveyor belt before attempting to walk through the security scanner with a small handbag, um, footage shows. But they told her that all her bags had to go through, and she refused to part with her handbag. Um, her solution was to join her belongings on the conveyor belt, and she climbed out the other side unscathed. Uh, rail station staff in Dongguan have since advised passengers not to enter the x-ray machines as radiation <laughs> given off by the scanners could be harmful, local media reported. And gotcha. Yeah, she is one of an estimated 390 million people expected to travel by train to hmm. you know their home for Chinese New Year, uh, which falls on the, which fell on the 16th of February. So I don't know what she had in there. It must have been important. Must have been real important that she climbed up on there. Now you try that at an American airport <laughs> and you're getting shot. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you. <sighs> they do not play around. What if you're like you just couldn't afford an MRI or whatever? So you just <laughs> went through one of those. Like, hey, ask can I get a copy of that? Ask to to my doctor. Hey, hey, just, <laughs> like I had like a tumor or something growing there on my kidney. <laughs> Was there? Did you see anything bizarre? Yeah, anything, I mean, not me, yeah. but anything inside me. <laughs> I wonder, you know, those guys what they see, you know, going through. There's some weird people in the world that pack some weird stuff, and you know, at times they're just like, you know, hey, uh, hey, Bob. Which well, we we had to fly to Chicago with Hudson one time for like a doctor's thing, and we were coming back uh, through Midway Airport, and Deidre had left a bottle of water in her backpack, mm-hmm. and uh, they Hudson can't go through metal detectors because of his pacemaker and everything, so he has to go through like the body scan mm-hmm. thing, and so Deidre was doing that with him, and I was getting her bags through because we just we were only spent overnight, so we didn't take like a lot of luggage, we just had mm-hmm. some carry-ons. And uh, so it goes through, and they flag her bag, and I have to step over here, you know, and while they pull everything out, and they have a bottle of water, and the guy's like, okay, you can't take this bottle of water on the plane. And I'm like, okay, uh, why? And he's like, well, you know. It might not be water. Yeah, it could, could be, be explosives. And I was like, okay. He's like, well, do you want to drink it or, or throw it in the trash can? And I was like, well, if it's explosives, are you sure you want to throw it in the <laughs> trash can right here? John's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. easy, yeah. easy with that. Yeah. I was like, right here where we're all standing. Standing, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Seems like we should have a better plan here. He did not see the humor in what I was doing at all. Because I feel like maybe no one like, had ever. Could you step over here? Yeah. Could you turn around and put your hands against the wall? I feel like no one had maybe ever brought that up to him. You know, like, this is either absurd that we're doing this, and, or uh, too much. You know, we've put too much thought into it. Either. You know, like either it's water or we need to <laughs> See, put it in some See, if I was the TSA guy, I would have been like, drink it. Drink it right <laughs> drink now. It right I'm now. watching you. <laughs> drink it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, anyways, the little full body scanner thing is kind of cool. And if you have a kid with a pacemaker, you can get through the security thing, you know, like mm-hmm. by doing that. Because you're just like, well, he can't go through there. And I'm an adult. I have to be with him. Right. In Birmingham, they didn't even care. They like put some stuff on his hand to make sure he <laughs> right. had any explosive residue. We're like, ah, go on in there, buddy. You know, yeah, so yeah. They're a lot more laid back. Chicago, a lot more people coming through Chicago's airport. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, man, we're kind of bumping up on time. Yeah. 
Is there any way we can get to that one? The Taylor <laughs> Swift one? <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> a judge has ruled that Taylor Swift's lyrics are too lame to copyright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> this comes from the Daily Beast. There are court cases and rulings that have changed lives, saved lives even, and moved society forward, defending justice, democracy, and everything our country at its purest stands for. With all due respects to those monumental decisions, a judge mediating a copyright case involving Taylor Swift may have laid down one of the most iconic rulings of all times. Your lyrics are too lame to copyright. <laughs> <laughs> this whole article is funny. I don't know if you had a chance to read it. Uh, the Honorable Michael W. Fitzgerald, <laughs> judge and legend, ruled that the lyrics are problematic of the problem. <laughs> I'm sorry, of our problematic pop princess was accused of cribbing were too banal to warrant any sort of copyright protection. Too brief, unoriginal, and uncreative, he wrote, approving his motion to dismiss the case against Swift before, of course, this is a little bit of satire. As he, yeah, uh, yeah. Before dusting off his shoulders and shouting, you burnt, as he <laughs> sashayed away. So what are the lyrics in question? Uh, well, it's uh, actually, so there was a pop group called 3LW. I don't know if you remember 3LW. No, I don't, but I did I, look them up. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. And the, they wrote a line of one of their songs was the players gone play them haters gone hate and of course we all know the taylor swift song shake it off yes because even if you hate it you've heard it in the mall or oh, you've yeah. heard it uh, you know in your favorite restaurant yeah. or you've heard it somewhere Libby and sings it all the time yeah i'm i'm kind of scared of her lawyer so i'm not going to play that but i actually have the uh the other lyric right here okay ain't nothing new So, I mean, this it's a similar it's a similar lyric, but well, it's not the same song. Aren't they copywriting or, or plagiarizing R. Kelly? Because he said like <laughs> players gonna play, ballers gonna ball, yeah, you know something else too, and they got that all in there. So they're cop they're they're suing somebody for what they did. Yeah, but anyways, uh, let me get on over here. Yeah, what was his what did he what was his actual ruling? This I'm trying down. to find it here. Uh, because they're so the author of this article, it really put together a brilliant article. I guess the Daily Beast <laughs> doesn't have the same journalistic standard uh, as other people. Uh, it says, "Look what you made me do." Fitzgerald likely sighed before pitting the dismissal of their argument. And man, did the judge really go on one! In his comments, Fitzgerald viciously dismantles the value and artistic credibility of the lyrics. A takedown made with all the affronted passion of your hippie uncle turning on a pop radio station <laughs> and wailing it's not even music in the early 2000s popular culture was adequately suffused with the concepts of players and haters to render phrases players gone play or haters gone hate standing on their own no more creative than runners gonna run <laughs> drummers gonna drum or swimmers gonna swim judges gonna judge that's right <laughs> The concept of actors acting in accordance with their essential nature is not at all creative. It's banal. <laughs> it says, oh, but Fitzy was just getting warmed up. <laughs> not only is the concept not creative and banal, he wrote, the lyrics themselves lack the modicum of originality 
and creativity required for copyright protection. Dancing in the hiss of the sizzle, he concluded they are too brief, unoriginal, and uncreative to warrant protections under the Copyright Act. So, so he yeah. basically burned both artists. Yeah, because you know he's he's calling the the one the one group. You know, he's saying yeah. your lyrics are your lyrics Lame. are not creative enough yeah. to copyright. And, and then, then Taylor Swift, you know. Your lyrics are not. <laughs> you you shouldn't know. have ripped off. You yeah. should have ripped off better lyrics. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, so Taylor, you know, I'm sorry. She'll probably write a song about it every time she gets her heart broke. <laughs> she does write a song about it. Yeah. Which I, 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 I will go. I'll say, I'm a, I'm a big music fan, and I don't hate Taylor Swift. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like she writes her songs and she does a good job of what she does. It's not necessarily what I right. am into. But I don't have to be into something to think, you know, to hate it. Everybody hates, right. you know, like if you're like a rock fan, you hate country music. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I don't know why we can't like both and appreciate <laughs> both, but whatever. So, yeah. She's amassed a big following. She has. And we I have mean, not. Yeah. So right. I feel like we can't throw stones. No, no. I'm no not, matter how much, I don't uh, no matter a, how unoriginal I think her music yeah. is. <laughs> I don't want to pick a fight with Taylor Swift. No, so. no, no. Yeah, but podcaster's going to pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's our bumper sticker. That's right. Uh, well. <laughs> we uh we actually don't our only community news this week is just to say that uh there's not a lot of community news. There's not news. a community news. Uh, no, um Keep sending in your Bigfoot uh, emails because yes. we so far haven't gotten one. <laughs> and we Do have, we not know anyone that knows anyone that knows anyone that's seen Bigfoot. Or you has, know, I hate, I don't want to get up on my high horse, but I'm like, nobody's, everybody knows about him, but nobody has seen him. How do we know that there's a wizard of Oz behind that curtain? Who, <laughs> you know? All right, if you, if, if Bigfoot doesn't exist and you're one of the people <laughs> going around putting footprints in the mud, <laughs> I would like to talk to you. I would like to know what your motivations are to do that. I'm all for a good prank. That just seems like a lot of trouble <laughs> to, to pull one. So, um, also need a, a few more reviews too so uh yes we had a contest this week to uh find out or to for a box of chocolates yeah a mystery dvd which was going to be uh rocky from 2006 fyi that's right and a ten dollar gift card and we had one review but we didn't have any entries like no valentines nobody sent us any valentines we do have one five-star review that comes from daniel mcum dan face and it says <laughs> in a world where you don't get color commentary on odd news well this isn't that world because we have earth oddity which is color commentary on odd news we would love to hear from y'all you can write into the show at uh, earth oddity at planetmail.net we would love to hear we would a contest this week. You want to just roll our gift card on into the next one and maybe that'll I mean, get people off their butt. I don't know. What is the what is the deal with I I'm not I'm not trying to to sound a little harsh but uh can, can you not take 2 minutes to write a review for us? Well, people? you're asking a lot, John. Yeah. I mean, you but already so have you- the phone in your hand. You you literally have to like do two more clicks on the phone <laughs> yeah. to do it and then type some words. Maybe we should do a uh, a how-to video and yeah. post that up on That's the not internet. That's a bad idea. Because 
it's apparently it's very complicated. I, I just want to know, like, what is, what's wrong? Like, do you guys not like us? Or that's probably it. I we mean, should probably stop this line of questioning. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Y'all keep those comments to yourself. But yeah, I mean, like, just come on and give us some reviews because the more you give us the more chances we have to be seen by other people outside of people who actually know us. Right. We do have one fan, Tammy from <laughs> Talladega, who has somehow found us, and the mm-hmm. Britain guy and someone in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. But other than that. We got a download in Sweden. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. We're getting big with the Nordic people here in the Olympics. I uh, to say I, I love the Nordic <laughs> ski jump, too, by the way. One of my favorite pretty cool. Olympic things. Contest this week. How about this? Uh, this is going to be a week where we uh, rip off other people's five-star reviews. Okay. Go leave us a five-star review, but just copy and paste it from some other podcast. Yes. And we'll, just, we'll, steal, uh, we'll steal other people's yes. reviews. Beautiful. Beautiful. Don't even, if it's like a podcast or like Joe Rogan Experience, leave Joe Rogan Experience <laughs> in there. Don't change it to us or anything. Yes. This is going to be a straight-up copy-paste Yeah. Rip off right. review contest, yeah, and uh, and whoever because there probably won't be but one person do it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Just given our track record and our extremely lazy fan base, <laughs> but uh, but for that one person, you know, you will win that uh, uh, gift card. It'll but be hilarious. It'll be so. Funny. It'll be so funny to us anyway. Yeah, right. And the and you know next week we'll pick a winner. Hopefully. Yeah. And that winner will get two $10 <laughs> gift cards. Boom. And get uh, Rocky from 2006. And I am I'm keeping all the uh, the chocolates. You don't yeah. get the chocolates. I'm no keeping chocolates. those for myself. No chocolates. And you have only yourself to blame. That's right. Well, that's been an episode of Earth Oddity. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. We picked up a Twitter follower, so yeah. not so bad. I know, yeah. Uh, shout out to Sean. <laughs> Thank and, you. And uh, you can follow us at, at underscore Earth Oddity. Yeah. Uh, we have an Instagram that's uh, Earth underscore Oddity underscore podcast. Right. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music. Uh, tune in yeah. YouTube yes. wherever podcasts are found you can probably find us there please tell your friends um, thanks goes out to Silent Side for providing the music never gets old at least to me it does right. and uh, y'all all go have a good week we're out of here <laughs>
ยังมุ่งไปตั้งใจเต็มที่รู้แค่ใจคิดดีไม่เคยสถานยามตกน้ำไม่ไหลแม้ตกไปย่อมจะทนผ่านมีความดีเท่านั้นแปลวกลาดเสมอเหนื่อยเท่าไรยากเท่าไรจับมือกันไว้ไปด้วยกันยังมั่นคงพร้อมฝ่าฟันยังคงมีศรัทธาไม่หวั่นไหวทำใจให้เป็นเท็ดแท้ไม่แพ้ไรสิอยากวันนี้มีเราเพียงทางอุ่นบสักก็ไร้ความหมายบทเรียนสอนเราไม่เหมือนในวันวานความฝันคิดใจของเราต้องการต้องสร้างมันด้วยกันจริงยังยืนอยากเท่าไรจับมือกันไว้ไปด้วยกันยังมั่นคงพร้อมฝ่าฟันยังคงมีศรัทธาไม่หวั่นไหวทำใจให้เป็นเท็ดแท้ไม่แพ้ไรสิอยากวันนี้มีเรากินข้างอุปสรรคเกิไรความหมายบทเรียนสอนเราไม่เหมือนในวันวานความฝันคิดใจของเราต้องการต้องสร้างมันใจยังเป็นเพื่อนยังหางไม่แพ้ไรสิอยากวันนี้มีเราเพียงทางอุปสรรคเกิไรความหมายบทเรียนสอนเราไม่เหมือนในวันวานความฝันคิดใจของเราต้องการต้องสร้างมันด้วยการบทเรียนสอน